It may look like an ordinary podcast, but this one's bigger on the inside, and it can travel anywhere in time and space. Pack your sonic screwdrivers and your jelly babies. Grab your hats, scarves, and tighten your bow ties. You're the companion now, so get ready to run with your hosts, Jason Hunt and Paul Gann. This is Talking Time Lords. As always, one of your hosts, Jason Hunt, and with me, my podcasting companion through time and space. Yes, we are back. We have Paul Gann. Hello! Nice to be back. <laughs> there you go. Yes. Wow! We, we're back, Paul. Yes. It's been a bit. There's some reasons why we've been kind of MIA. We'll get into that in a little bit. We're going to keep you dangling for a little while so that you kind of wonder what's going on. Um, but we do have an announcement to make at the end of our episode. Do not skip ahead. That's not cool. Don't skip ahead. You got to listen to our episode first. And then you get our news. <laughs> right. Right. So we got a big announcement we're going to teach you with. But. Since we have been MIA for a while, uh, there's been some action uh, in the old Doctor Who universe that we is now technically old news, but stuff that we haven't talked about. So it's new news for our podcast. <laughs> so we're going to talk about it anyway. Um, because we can. Spoilers. Of course, the big is we got the announcement of a new TARDIS full of companions. Yes. Um, that are coming to Series 11, uh, the 13th Doctor's Companions. She's got some new friends. Uh, Yasmin, played by Mandeep Gill. Ryan, played by Tosin Cole. And Graham, played by Bradley Walsh. We also had the announcement that Sharon D. Clark will be uh, in the show as a returning role, whatever that means you know whether or not that means she's in like two episodes because she returned once or she's just there for you know five or whatever you know, i'll be but honest with you i was kind of hoping one of the these names would be uh i was good <laughs> <laughs> you know <laughs> just saying <laughs> but osgood is doing good work at units so you know we could still see Osgood. Um, <laughs> well, she could be the recurring oh, no, character that doesn't actually do the traveling. <laughs> oh, I think we might see you again. Maybe not this season, but I think we might see Unit again. Um, but anyway, so 
there's not really much to go on with this new TARDIS crew as far as their characters are concerned. Um, and also all three of these these main actors that have been announced, uh, Bradley Walsh, Mandeep Gill, Tossin Cole, uh, are not people that are we are overly familiar with, Paul and I, being from the United States. Um, they are they have been in several things over in the UK. I think, yeah, um, uh, Mandeep and Tossin were both on the same show, and I'm forgetting the name of it. But um, they've all said they're very excited about it um and it looks like graham uh played by bradley walsh is actually going to be the quote-unquote main companion possibly uh but he was speculated as a companion for a long time and it's interesting um he had a a nice quote here about joining the show that i want to read um he says, I remember watching William Hartnell as the first Doctor. Black and white made it very scary for a youngster like myself. I was petrified, but even though I'd watched most of it from behind the sofa through my fingers, I became a fan. I then queued up for ages to get into the, the Carlton Picture House in Watford to watch the great Peter Cushing appear as the Doctor in a full-length feature film made in glorious color. I am thrilled to be part of this whole groundbreaking dawn. A- am I thrilled to be part of this whole groundbreaking dawn for the Doctor? Oh, Yes. Uh, so we have another big fan of the series coming in as in a regular role so that's pretty cool it sounds Um, like he he, had a similar experience to uh peter capaldi actually yeah Yeah. and and he might be he's the oldest uh companion as far as i know you could consider if you consider Uh, Wilfred a companion or not you know he he's, might just be a returning a re- recurring character I don't know if you would consider him, him a companion but he's the oldest regular companion that we've had so that's kind of a new twist on the the doctor companion relationship so what do you think about that you know <laughs> we get a, a young a, sort of a younger ish female doctor and an older gentleman as the companion what do you think I think it'll be kind of interesting to see the dynamic because I think that being an older gentleman, he's going to probably be more prone to want to take the lead on things. Uh And he's not going to quite feel as comfortable with her just stepping in and taking over. (laughs) And I think that that could be kind of interesting to see. Um, you know, because he's going to look at her as being probably half his age or whatever, not realizing that she's <laughs> over a thousand years old, <laughs> Thousands of years old. Right. Um, that, that's a good point. Um, one of the interesting theories I have heard is that the doctor goes back to what is it? St. Philip's college. Is that where he was at, where he was teaching? I think that's right. St. Philip, St. Luke's, I don't remember. The, I don't remember the name of the college, but he was, is that she goes back to the college um, to try and, you know, pick up where she left off, in a sense, uh, which is <laughs> a whole other ball of wax. And that, yeah. And that Graham is actually another professor. You know, the character Graham is another professor. Oh, that would be almost like flipping it on its ear uh, with Ian. Yeah. Uh, because Ian was the younger teacher, you know. Right. 
um, and then, you know, uh, Yasmin and Ryan uh, could be students. You know, we could be going back to the, the college to pick up our new our new TARDIS crew. Um, that's a theory. I wonder if one of them makes chips. <laughs> <laughs> somehow, I, somehow I doubt that. Um, <laughs> we just had someone who made chips. Um, but it would be interesting oh. if these were like, you know, maybe history, you know, a history professor and history students or like a, a, a anthropology course or something like that. Something, you know, very hard science-y. Right. Um, and they're all, you know, part of this group and they get tossed into a project or something with the new doctor and that could be interesting um yes we had we had bill uh, arguing with the doctor in the last series about uh the romans and what happened to them um and if we had that same kind of thing going on in the next series with the doctor arguing with the history professor and the doctor says Look, I've been there. I've seen it. I know how this goes down. The books got it wrong, you know? <laughs> right. right. And it just blows his mind. That would right. be so funny to watch. Or a, he's an anthropology <laughs> professor or an archaeologist or something like that. Something, you know, very hard science-y that looks at the past and or, you know, that sort of thing. And then she, they walk into the TARDIS and everything changes. And it's like, oh, great. Just when we thought we had a handle on things. <laughs> Um, it's dumped <laughs> upside down and tossed into a blender. Um, <laughs> but oh well. Anything else that you yeah. want to talk about the the whole companion situation? No, I like the fact that we got kind of a retro feel in this because you know we had the we had the first Doctor that had a team of companions. Mm-hmm. I know the fifth Doctor had a team of companions. Um. You know, there's a lot of people online saying this is the first time we've ever had an entire team of companions. And I'm thinking, you've not watched the classic series, have you? <laughs> I would like to talk because... to you about our Lord and Savior, William Hartnell. Um, <laughs> right? <laughs> the very first time we had companions, there were three of them, you know. <laughs> so, yeah, it was, for, I think this is going to be fun. Uh, for for I think a short this, time, the fourth Doctor had a team, didn't he? The fourth Doctor... Uh, yeah, he the end. He had... Uh, yeah, right, 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 before, right before he became the fifth Doctor, he had a team. Um, yeah. That carried over into the fifth Doctor. Um, yes. And then, of course, we lost the team, and it went to just Perry. Right. So... Right. And then after Perry, we had Ace, which was, yeah. yeah. Oh, no, we had uh, Mel and then Ace. Right. Which Ace now, the, the, uh, we kind of really didn't start seeing the single companion um, as much until the third Doctor. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, when the Doctor started leaving Earth, when he got his memory back and he was able to yeah. be banished then we really started to see the whole idea of the single doctor um, because, you know, the, the second doctor had a, a team as well. It was a smaller team, but he always had at least, two, right. you know, Jamie and right. somebody else usually. So, um, but he started out with, um, Oh gosh. Why am I blanking on their names? I, I, 
and Michael and Anarchy Williams are the actors. Holly and Ben. Dear Lord. Oh, my gosh. It was way too long to remember this. Uh, he started out with Polly and Ben, and then they added Jamie, and they had they traveled around as a you know foursome there for a while um, before Polly and Ben left. But anyway, yeah, no, it's it. You're yeah. right. It hasn't been um, you know all the time that we've had just the single companion, and even in the you know the new series, we have people that come in and out. You know, the likes of um, oh my gosh, what's his face? I'm tired, so that's why all my names are leading. Captain Jack? Jack, yes. Captain Jack. <laughs> I, yes. It, it, I've worked nine days in a row at work. Uh, because I, And not the pirate. Right. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, no, so Captain Jack, you know, things like that. You know, people have come in and out, you know, so it's not like it's unusual right. to have multiple companions. But an entire team right off the bat is going to be interesting. Well, there is something that I noticed about this scenario, just looking at the setup and how it could potentially play out that kind of almost feels like an inverted mirror image of the first doctor's group. And what I mean by that is within the first doctor's group, you had two teachers and a student. Mm -hmm. And this could potentially be one teacher and two students. Right. You know, um, Although, let's be honest, uh, Susan could have taught the teachers. (laughs) So I don't know if that's fair or not. But uh, you get what I'm saying. Um, But, uh, yeah, I I think that this is kind of I think the show wants to go back and remember what it used to be while still being new and fresh. And I think that this is showing us that starting with last series and moving into this series, you know, last series reflected a lot back on classic who, and I think this one's going to possibly do that even more. And I really love the idea of that, Yeah, you know? Yeah, I, I think so. I think we're definitely going to get some classic who vibes going on. And, and in conjunction with that statement, let's move on to uh, Jodie Whittaker's uh, 13th doctor costume. Uh, we've gotten that revealed. Uh, of course, you've all seen the images online. You know what it looks like, but we're yes. going to be able to talk about it here. Um, I really, I really kind of dig the costume. It's quite unique. It's pretty cool. We're going back to sort of the wacky doctor look, and it makes sense because the doctor's never been a woman, so he doesn't know how to dress as a woman. Um, <laughs> um, and so, you know, well, it, you know, and it would kind of be out of character, I think, if the doctor just suddenly started wearing dresses, you know. Yes. Um, yes. They're not as easy yeah. to run in or practical to run in. <laughs> well, uh, something that I noticed right off the bat is the stripes on the shirt. Yes. That are almost a mirror image of the stripes on the fourth doctor's scarf. Yes. That makes me so happy. I mean, even the colors, they're even in the correct order on the shirt. You know what I'm saying? It's the stripes. Oh, yeah. No, um, the, the stripes on the shirt are definitely an homage to the fourth <laughs> doctor's first scarf. Um, yes. Of course, if you've listened to us for any amount of time, you know that makes us very happy because fourth doctor is kind of yeah. king in our world. Um <laughs> 
Well, he's the greatest. <laughs> there is no denying that. Sorry, Tennant, but you know, Tom Baker will forever and always be the greatest doctor of all time. Um, get in line, folks. Um, oh. What are the... <laughs> there are some people who are going, ah, you're wrong. And I'm like, I don't care. Um, anyway. Okay, I but, pointed out the first thing, you point out the next thing that you see in this. Well, the next thing I want to talk about is the suspenders, because the Doctor has had quite a few different versions of suspenders over the years, particularly yes. in the classic series. Yes. Um, I think Matt Smith had suspenders for a while there, yes. didn't he? Um, but let's see. Uh, we know for sure the second Doctor had suspenders. Um, the, I believe the first Doctor had them under his vest, but I could I be cor- so I could be wrong. I think um, so too. It's, it's hard to tell because he had that vest on all the time, most of the time. Um, the sixth doctor had some suspenders underneath his coat of many colors. The uh, seventh doctor did no, he didn't have suspenders. Um, but I, I feel like some of the doctors have worn suspenders well, for brief periods of time you- as well. To really know for sure, you have to go back and look at the episodes where he's actually putting on his new clothes for the first time. Because right. a lot of these incarnations, he has suspenders, but they're covered up. Right. So, you know, like, for example, the fifth doctor, uh, if I'm not mistaken, had suspenders on underneath that sweater vest, you know. Yeah. Um, or maybe over the sweater vest with the jacket over the top. Um, and I know I, at least, at least one of the the fourth doctor's costumes, he had suspenders hidden under his coat, you know? Mm-hmm. So, you know, he's had suspenders on almost every incarnation at some point. Yeah. It's not like it's a brand new thing. Uh, even, even, uh. Uh, I think even at one point I saw Tennant with a pair of suspenders on underneath his coat. So, yeah, um, I think that was his his tux. I think he has the suspenders with that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so, no, suspenders are yeah. definitely are not a new thing for the Doctor. Uh, but these are very obvious suspenders, and I think the one that they call back to most is probably Trapton, uh, the Second Doctor. That's what I think too, because of the style of them with the with the the uh, forked uh, uh, latches at the bottom with the button to the pants. Yeah. Um. Not only that, these pants are very Trouton esque. Yes. yes, they are. <laughs> Especially with the high water bottoms on them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, they're you know they're high up on the waist. They come up almost like probably over the belly button, um, and they're way up high on the leg. So it's almost like she's bringing Troughton's pants back out of storage, but she's too tall for them. You know, and not it's, only it's, that, Troughton had like the 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 checkered uh, pants, and these are a solid. You know, right? right. So there's but, that too. Yeah, but but it's almost like these these pants were like a backup pair for Trouton that he never used, right? Uh, right. And she's just pulling them out because they look, you know, good or whatever. But <laughs> she's too tall for them, you know. It, it almost kind of has that vibe. Um, but yeah, they're very Trouton. Now these shoes. I'm sorry. Go go ahead. My bad. Yeah, I was just saying. I think they're very Trouton esque in their design. Now, what were you going to say about the shoes? The shoes are straight, straight up. 11th doctor shoes. 
<laughs> I'm sorry. They are the female version of the Eleventh Doctor boots. They yep. they just are. Yeah. Um. <laughs> and then we come to the jacket. And this jacket is, uh, it looks very like a, a blending of, I would say, three jackets. Um, the the 12th Doctor's hoodie jacket. Right. Uh, the, the 10th Doctor's uh, trench coat. And the 4th Doctor's uh, gray overcoat. I actually, I actually would go one step further than that and say that this throws in a little bit of the sixth doctor as well. Um, do you see the rainbow stripes on the front? Oh. They match the stripes oh. on the shirt. Well, but that, could, <laughs> but that could just be, you know, another homage to the fourth doctor's scarf. Well, yes. If they, if they're matching the stripe on the shirt, they could be, you know, just sort of like, Hey, there's more of the scarf. But sort there's, of thing going there's on. that flash of color is all I'm saying. Um, yes, there is a flash of color on the inside there. Now, the shirt itself, though, the shirt itself is a is a callback to Eccleston. You know, yes. without if it if it didn't have the stripes, it would be a callback to Eccleston. Uh, and and right. I, I really feel like that they're trying to do a good blending here of new and classic who together. And and I feel like that they're they're pulling it off pretty well, you know. I've heard people online say, oh, it looks like Mork from Mork and Mindy, you know, and I don't see that at all. I really don't, because to me, this feels a lot, you know, like a classic kind of Doctor Who feel to me, and especially with the suspenders and the stripes. And, uh, you know, let's be honest, Mork just had rainbow suspenders, (laughs) so... (laughs) You I'm know. looking at right now, um, so you know, he had a loud shirt and rainbow suspenders, yeah. and that's Robin about... Williams. You know, let's be honest, Robin Williams was fantastic. He was great, and I watched Mork and Mindy when it was on television when I was a child. So, um, I I remember that very well. And to me, this doesn't feel anything like that. That's just my opinion. No, it doesn't look like it at all to me either. But that being said, um, the costume is not the only thing that has changed for the third no. Doctor. A brief, uh, you know, a, a quick look at the TARDIS, which has gone a little bit of a metamorphosis as well. And you're more keyed in on TARDIS changes than I am to <laughs> uh, the outside of the TARDIS. So, well, we, we're not getting any indica- we're not getting any indication at all what the inside's going to look like at this point. We have yeah. no clue. I mean, obviously, yeah. it's going to have to start out with the incarnation we have now with um, uh, Capaldi's doctor, uh, what what his desktop looks like, you know, um, yes, which is a carryover from Matt Smith's doctor um, with no. a few subtle it changes, is. you know, oh, yeah. um, it's, it's not an exact copy of Matt Smith's doctor's TARDIS, but it is a carryover stylistically um uh with some changes uh i'm wondering if we're going to see another metamorphosis to this that takes it in a completely different direction or if we're going to see a metamorphosis that kind of follows that idea of we're going to transition it and subtly change this and that and the other so that it still sort 
sort of looks like the same thing, you know. Um, I could see you just getting a complete makeover because yeah. honestly, you know, I, I, there there's so many other new things going right. on this time around that I could see them doing a complete makeover on the interior of the TARDIS. But you're right. Well, we'll probably get an ep- a couple episodes uh, with the old version on the inside. But you're more keyed in on the external changes yes. of the TARDIS than I am. So so go ahead and, and give us a quick rundown of what you notice. Well, the, the external changes, first of all, that I see is it looks way more weathered at this point in this picture that we're seeing. It's kind of going back in the direction that it was um, with Eccleston and Tennant when it looked like it had really just been through the ringer, you know, uh, as far as the, the surface. Um, and it, it, this has sort of been something that we've been seeing be a subtle progressive change since it got its new rebirth with Matt Smith's doctor. Because, you know, it, it came back looking brand new. And now with Capaldi's doctor, we have seen it start to go back in the direction of having a little bit more of a worn look, not as heavily as it was after the time war, obviously, but kind of moving subtly in that direction. And this looks like that it's taking that even further and giving you that roughed up uh, look to the, the exterior. Um, and I, I kind of like that because it, to me, it gives it the classic feel all over again, because I think we kind of lost the classic feel of the TARDIS when it was reincarnated with Matt Smith's doctor, you know? Um, and so I really kind of like that they're moving in that direction again to kind of give it that weathered, you know, time worn look, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but another thing that I'm seeing here is it has a brand new light on top. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's that like a, like an old timey gas lantern almost. Yeah. And, and it, it still has a similar feel to the, the one that we had previously. Uh, but it feels like that it's kind of moving back. Like once again, in the direction of the classic era, you know, uh, because it, it has that historical feel to it, you know, the, with the, the way that it looks. And uh, I, that's, that's, these changes are what make me think that this is going to be the, the series that kind of embraces the classic era uh, much more than some of the ones we've seen before. And I'm really hoping that that's the case. Uh, the, the windows are back to the way they were before. There's not a... Uh, there's not a, a difference in the, the coloration on the windows, you know, because we had no the painted sec- yeah, there, we had like the checkerboard f- feel to it, you know, uh, right. and now it's all one color again. And from yeah, what I'm seeing here, yeah, from what I'm seeing here, it looks like that the, um, the, the, uh, the crossbars on these windows might be white. Um, which we've seen before. I don't um, think so. I think I mean, they're this, still blue. It's hard to tell in this picture, but they, they kind of f- feel like they might be white, but I can't tell. Uh, we're going back to the black or navy sign on the front. 
uh, where yeah. we had the white, and then we've had the white ever since the modern era started. Um, so going back to the dark, uh, either black or, or or dark navy sign um, is definitely moving back into the classic era. Um, so you know, like I say, in everything that I'm seeing in all of this whether it be the companions, whether it be the doctor's outfit, whether it be the TARDIS itself, everything feels like it's moving in a kind of a retro feel, you know, and I'm now, really excited about that. <laughs> now the big question is, are they going to, are they doing it so that the, the look and the feel of it is retro while they take the story and the characters in a new direction? Um, because we've got, you know, the, the, this big mm-hmm. change as far as who the doctor is now with with having the first woman cast as the doctor. Are we going to be right. seeing something where they they take that in a totally different direction now? Um, and so they're giving us these visual uh, tonal cues of throwing it back to the classic era in order to help that transition. Or are they actually going to be taking cues from the classic era? That's the question. Well, I'm I'm kind of hoping that it'll be a little bit of both, um, but I do feel like that one of the reasons why they're moving the visuals back into a more classic feel is because they're trying to tell people that are afraid of the updates and the changes, it's going to be okay. This is still Doctor Who. This is still something that you can feel comfortable with, and we haven't forgotten what this show is. And I think that that's something that certain fans are going to need reassurances of because it does feel like that it's such a new concept that, you know, classic fans especially might feel left behind, you know. Yeah. And I think they're doing this for a couple of reasons, and I think you're right. I think that's probably part of it. I think that they want to take it in a more visually in a more retro feel to, to assure people that, that uh, have, you know, uh, reservations, hey, look, we don't – we haven't forgotten what the show is. We know what the show is, and it's going to be okay, you know. And I feel like that, that that's smart on their part, you know. Yeah. Uh, but at the same time, I hope that this kind of means that they're going to take some of the storytelling – in a direction of the classic feel of the show. And, and I, I, I don't mean in a visual standpoint, you know, with special effects and stuff. I mean, in the way that the stories, the, 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 the tone of the stories might have a, a slight, slightly more classic feel to them, you know, uh, kind of the way that we got with, um, the, uh, stories from last series how some of those had a very classic feel to yeah. them, you know? Yeah. I mean, and from what I understand, um, series 10 was rather successful on that aspect of, of sort of mm-hmm. that line between the, the, uh, modern and the classic. Uh, so it would make sense if they would continue that trend. Um, but let's go ahead and start talking, you know, moving on here. Uh, want to bring up real quick, what we know about when and how the new season is going to be aired. Um, yeah, this is going to be a change too. <laughs> yeah, 
uh, it has been announced that uh, Series 11 won't be uh, aired until fall of 2018, which we kind of suspected uh, because at this point they haven't filmed anything except her scenes for the Christmas special. Um, They're heavy into pre-production right now. Though. Yes, pre-production so. is hard at work. Um so, you know, as, as things, you know, progress um, on that, you know, in the coming year, we'll give you updates as we, we get them. But as of right now, uh, nothing has been put in front of a camera in any meaningful way. Um, so fall of 2018 is when we will expect it. We don't have a release date yet, uh, but expect it probably September or October. Um, and the other big change or change is that we are going to go from 12 episodes to 10 episodes in the series. Yeah. It's a disappointing. However, instead of being 45-minute episodes, they're going to be 50-minute episodes. So take that <laughs> how you will. I mean, so essentially we're still getting 11 episodes worth of content because of time. <laughs> well, I, I believe they said that the first the first episode of the new series is going to be um, even longer. I think they said yeah. that it was going to be like an hour and 15 minutes or something. Uh, this um, what I have here on Radio Time says uh, the first episode will be. Um, extended to 60 minutes to fully introduce the new characters. So, ah, okay. Um, gotcha. I, I thought I heard somewhere else that possibly the first two episodes might be 60 minutes. Gotcha. I can't confirm that, but definitely the first one. Well, if 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 uh, they stick with historical, uh, well, if they if they stick to the the pattern that they've stuck to. Previously, the the Christmas they'll probably have a Christmas special, and it will probably be longer than a normal episode as well. Right. So there's that. Yeah, we'll, we'll uh, still get a Christmas but, addition to this, probably. We're hoping we'll get a Christmas episode because we almost didn't get a Christmas episode this time uh, because of the transition uh, between showrunners and uh, Stephen Moffat was like, uh, "No, that can't happen." <laughs> so. <laughs> <laughs> That's the reason why we're getting uh, our our next our upcoming Christmas special is because he uh, he basically refused to let them go a year without a Christmas special um, because he, he said that this was a tradition for the new series to have a Christmas special and he didn't want that to stop because he was afraid that if they didn't have one this year, they wouldn't have one the year after and they wouldn't have one the year after. And he didn't want that to be the end of a trend in that, in that show. And I, and I respect that. I think that that is something that I look forward to every year and seeing that. Um, Now I almost wish that they had done a retro thing with the episodes as well and gone back to double the number of episodes at 30 minute increments. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, don't think, I don't think that fly um, in today's market though. That's the problem because you start in yeah, 30 minute increments I, and you turn it into a sitcom. Theoretically. Yeah. I mean, but you know, if they really wanted to take it and have that classic feel, that would have been a, a way to do that. But, yeah, but that's, um, I think that's—I uh, don't think that's something that BBC would would go for at all. Yeah, 
but I think what we're actually getting instead is we're getting something that is going to be structured more like Broadchurch. Um, because he has indicated that he wants this to be an ongoing storyline for the entire series. And I think that that's something that's going to be interesting to see in Doctor Who, because it's not the first time we've seen it. Um, We've seen an ongoing storyline, and we've actually seen ongoing storylines that took place for half seasons, for actually the the, the Trial of the Time Lord had an entire season-long storyline that was broken up into four sub-stories. So, you know, I think this will be interesting to see in the modern era because I think that there is a right and a wrong way to do that. And if they do it well, I think that it could be fantastic. Um, yeah. Uh, so, and, and actually we, in the fourth doctor and Roman, uh, Romana one, we got, uh, a season long story arc as well, Um, which was broken up into six, um, six sub stories. So that was an ongoing thing. But it was one ongoing thing, and I, I think that that is something that this could be really interesting to see. And and really and truly, we've gotten a little bit of that uh, with the uh, the story arc of the hybrid. Mm-hmm. But we, it, this is probably going to be much more uh, uh, of a foreground plot instead of a background plot right. the way the hybrid was. Yeah. And I think that this is going to be really interesting to see. Yeah. Because Stephen Moffat has, has had these, uh, you know, season long background stories that build up into the main thing at the end. <laughs> um, several times, you know, he, we had it with, um, the crack in the wall. We had it with, um, of course, with Capaldi, we've had it with uh, the hybrid. We had it with Missy and her fate this just this past uh, season. So it's been something that Doctor Who has been doing. Uh, but from what we can gather is that it looks like the ongoing story will take a bit more of a primary role from the get go. Right. Rather than the, the sort of slow burn through through line that we get um, through a season. Don't forget, we got it with Bad Wolf, too. Oh, yeah, that's right. We did. <laughs> that, was a, that was a big one. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, there was that. Uh, <laughs> poor Eccleston. Um, and that, that that had ramifications all the way up until the 50th anniversary special. So, yes, you know. it did. Yes, it did. <laughs> now... Of course, you know, we've talked about all this stuff of Jodie Whittaker's, you know, 13th Doctor's first season in Series 11, but we will be seeing her at the end of the year here, Christmas, which is just about two weeks away from the time we're recording this, so that's exciting. Um, yes. But uh, let's talk briefly here about the Christmas special. We don't necessarily <laughs> need to talk about Jodie Whittaker because we got a clip that came out. Um, <laughs> yeah. That was a oh, it's so good, (laughs) and it's the first Doctor entering the twelfth Doctor's TARDIS. So, uh, folks, if you haven't (laughs) seen this clip already, you really should. Um, But the first Doctor is taking charge. 
Um, he's leading the, the this World War One soldier played by Mark Gaddis into the TARDIS in order to, you know, figure out the problem that's going on. And he walks into the wrong TARDIS. Have I been He walks into, of course, Peter Capaldi's TARDIS and just cannot believe his eyes. It's terrible. It looks awful. Have I been burgled? You know. No, I thought it probably was. Yeah, I love it. And I think it's funny though that Mark Gatiss' character says it's bigger on the inside, and and the twelfth Doctor says. I thought it probably was. I'm glad it's not just me. <laughs> <laughs> he plays along a little bit um, as, as the first Doctor is just dumbfounded for a moment. Um, and then, of course, the 12th Doctor comes in and says, well, actually, he pulls the, the scanner up and says, well, actually, that's your TARDIS, 70 feet that direction. Always remember we were apart. It's a big thing coming up, so remember that. (laughs) I'm going to miss Capaldi. I'm just saying. (laughs) I miss Capaldi so much. He's my my favorite modern doctor. I've said it before and I'll say it again. He's my favorite modern doctor, so it would be a tall order to to top Peter Capaldi. (laughs) And and no disrespect to what I'm sure Jodie Whittaker will be doing a great job, but I I don't... Since we haven't seen anything, I don't know if she'll be able to top Peter Capaldi in my heart. So I love (laughs) 12 so much. Um, But we get. Well, he had to win me over, but he is now like at least my top two, you know. uh, So (laughs) he's he's number three overall for me because, you know, four, seven and 12 is my favorite, my top three there. So, uh, but that's neither here nor there. Let's talk about the scene a little bit more. It's, it's funny though, when, when, when the, the, the 12th doctor tells the first doctor, your TARDIS is 70 feet that way. He tells him, remember where you parked. It's going to come up a lot. (laughs) I love that because it's so true because how many times, has he lost the TARDIS in the show and had to find it again? Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. But the, the interaction here between the 12th Doctor and the 1st Doctor is just brilliant. The 1st uh, Doctor is being portrayed magnificently by David Bradley. Um He's got the mannerisms and the attitude of William Hartnell down to a yes, which has me so happy. Uh, And and you get the sense from the discussion that he's fighting his regeneration too. Um, You know, obviously we know Peter Capaldi, the Twelfth Doctor, is fighting his regeneration, holding it off for about two episodes now. Um, and you get the, the sense that idea. the first doctor is also trying well, to hold off his regeneration know because he knows it's coming. Yeah. And he, when, he, when he finally acknowledges that, yes, Peter is a future incarnation of him, he's like, well, you know, am I? <laughs> you, me? Yes. Well, you know, there's a few <laughs> false starts in the middle, but you get to, but you get here at the end. Um, <laughs> While all this is going on... <laughs> Uh, uh, Mark Gatiss's character is walking around the TARDIS picking things up. He's picking up a VHS tape and trying to figure out what it is, you know. And (laughs) 
<laughs> it's it's really it's hilarious, you know, uh, because they're playing it so seriously, but because they're playing it so seriously, it becomes humorous, right? You know, right? Grumpy old men, you know, trying to outdo each other, and it is hilarious. It is absolutely fantastic, uh, and. It's funny because when when uh, the first doctor finally you know goes okay so you are a future incarnation of me I was like you well there's a few false starts but you get you know do I become you when he says well yes eventually and he goes oh well is that all right well I thought I'd be well I younger I am younger. You know, of course, the Scottish <laughs> outburst at the very end there for Peter Capaldi as the clip winds down. But um, it's so. Good. If you'll notice, if you'll notice when Peter Capaldi shows him his hand with the reincarnation energy just barely trickling out at the surface of his palm, uh, the first doctor glances down at his own hand and then puts his away very quickly like he doesn't want anybody to see that he's having the same issue. Right. right. <laughs> One thing I say, though, is that while this is just a, a fantastic exhibition of doctors interacting together, uh, which is, you know, sometimes some of my favorite stuff in the show is when two doctors end up at the same place at the same time and have to deal with each other. Um, yes. One thing I will say is that they they throw in some deep moment, a, a deep moment here in the middle of all of this, because uh, yeah. Peter Capaldi is very much clinically um, evaluating the situation out loud. And he's talking about, you know, what they're going on. And he tells this soldier played by uh, by uh, the, the, the Gatiss that you're, you know, a World War, you know, looks like you're from World War One, all this stuff, you know, and Gatiss goes, you know, World War One? Well, yes, judging by the the clothes and everything, I would say so. And he goes, and he, he sort of stops and says, no, but one? Like, you know, the idea that there could be another World War is just yeah. heartbreaking and hugely impactful to him and it's right. it's common knowledge history to the doctor and he sort of forgets for a minute mm-hmm. and yeah it's it's a really sort of impactful little moment that then the first doctor interrupts by you know saying oh, i have no idea who you are and all this stuff and we we kind of move past it yeah. but it's it's a really impactful little moment that I think is, is is very indicative of what we will be seeing in the show. Well, actually we get two very subtle little serious moments in there because the doctor uh, then comes back with rivers classic line of, Oh, I'm sorry. Spoilers. Right. You know, and you can kind of tell that he's still not completely over that, you know, um, and so you kind of get that double uh, whammy right there in the middle of serious moment, serious moment, more to the insanity, you know, <laughs> and, and and I think 
I think that that's one of the things that has made this show for me so special is that it can mix those serious moments and the completely insane together to make something completely wonderful, you know? (laughs) And, and it's done that for over 60. I'm sorry. No, it's done that for over 50 years. And it's really just, it's amazing to me that even today we still have that underlined thing of what makes Doctor Who Doctor Who and it hasn't changed in all of these different incarnations and all of these different um, uh, uh, stylistic changes and things that have happened in the show it's always maintained that at its core you know yeah well uh, as if I wasn't already super excited for the Christmas special (laughs) before this clip came out I definitely am now I know, right? Uh, it's going to be a bittersweet <laughs> episode because I'm going to have to say goodbye to my beloved Capaldi. But, I, it, you know, yeah, this is the, I'm going to cry. This is the constant <laughs> of Doctor Who is that the Doctor changes. You know, he, there's you only have him for a certain amount of time and then you get a new one. Um, and and that time, this time it'll be um Jodie Whittaker, and that will be a very fascinating thing yeah. to see as we go from Peter Capaldi to Jodie Whittaker, 12 to 13. So um, I'm very intrigued to see how that all goes. I'm really excited, and I'm really glad that I, I just realized, you know, as we're recording, it's like two weeks away, and I'm so excited. <laughs> yeah, I actually, uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what she does with the role. Um, I did watch her in Broadchurch. I, I've was able to see her in all three series of that and she does a really really good job of bringing that uh emotional level that it takes to be able to play that character you know um i just want to see how she does with the whimsical now because that's a kind of a important key as well <laughs> yes see what, what she means the doctor here uh, <laughs> all right. Well, I think that's going to wrap up our, our discussion here on the news. Um, but, Paul, we, we had a big announcement here. Um, yeah. We, wanna... we have personal news. Yes. <laughs> personal for um, podcast. Yes. Uh, we're going to be making a desktop change uh, <laughs> in that we are changing networks. Yes. We're changing networks. Um, we do really appreciate everything that Thunderquack has done for us in giving us our start and supporting us with uh, our growth and our websites and everything that they've done for us to make this podcast possible. We could not have done this without them. And we continue to be uh, affiliated with their group uh, and be friends of you know, the people in that group and everything. But, you know, like the doctor, everything changes. Whether we like the change or not, it changes. And uh, this is going to be um, 
our first big change uh, in that we're going to be changing over to a new network. And I'm excited about that for multiple reasons. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, first of all, it, yeah. <laughs> you know, just a big change, a big step for us. Um, and I do want to, again, reiterate, we, we're very grateful for Thunderquack and all the work that Mike and everybody did over there. Um, you know, yes. we still are going to say, you know, go check out their stuff. If you want to, you know... Yes. You know, check out the all the different things that they have available. But, uh, Paul, one of the big reasons you're excited about this is, is you've been behind the scenes um, <laughs> concocting your own network. <laughs> yes? Yes. Um, I'm, I'm actually in the process of launching my own network. Um, it's called the Nerdy One Flavors Podcast Network. Um, and, uh, we haven't officially released any episodes yet, except for this one, (laughs) but we should be launching our second show. Uh, I say that because this will be our first show. Um, and we should be releasing our second show by the end of the year, unless things get out of hand and I can't handle it, um, which I'm hoping is not an issue. Um, right now, this will be our uh, kind of our launching platform for the network um, in that this will be the first show that goes under the network banner. And uh, then I have three other shows that I am helping produce that should be releasing probably within the next three or four months. Um, hopefully all of those will be, uh, out at that point. And I really am excited about this because, um, this is something that I've been kind of, uh, excited about getting my feet wet in this arena. You know, it's, it's, uh, it's kind of a, become a passion for me since I started doing this with Jason. It was like, um, you know, I started out and I, I was really excited and I was like, you know, I want to do, I want to learn everything that I can about making this, uh, uh, medium special, you know? And so, uh, Jason's been kind enough to let me take on kind of a, uh, producer's role uh, in the show, and it kind of kind of grew from there because I, I enjoyed doing the production side of it so much that it made me want to produce things <laughs> outside of the show, and so that's kind of what led into me uh, wanting to build my own network. And uh, now, the thing about it is, we will need listener support. Um, to kind of keep this thing going. Uh, you'll get more information about that as we go along. Uh, we have built a new Patreon page for talking time Lords. Um, and we'll give you that address at the end of the episode, but we want you guys to feel like that you are invested in this process. We want you guys to feel like that you are part of our shows. And so we want, as much interaction, as much feedback as, as we can get. And we really just want to build a community with you guys. So, you know, I, I really want, I really want everybody to be excited as excited about this as I am, (laughs) you know? 
<laughs> so, so yeah, uh, be be on the lookout for some new stuff coming down the pipe for Talking Time Lords as we uh, get our feet under us as we move over to the new network. Um, the all the contact information is still the same. We you know the website is still talkingtimelords.com. Facebook, Twitter, and all that, and email is all still the same. Um, links of of course to all those are on our website. Um, we will be adding the the new Patreon page to the website as well, um, which is patreon.com slash talking timelines, correct? Correct. All right. Um, So if you want to check that out, feel free to. We are still in the process of building it, so there's not much going on over there right now. Um, So be patient (laughs) with us as we we figure out this our our new steps uh, as we find our new outfit, so to speak, in in this new desktop. Um, (laughs) But I do want to let you know, coming down the pipe for the podcast feed itself, we did actually, in our interim period off, uh, record two episodes. Yes. Um, we were trying to work on things, but, you know, stuff came up and, you know, we then we had this change going on. And so we just never found the right time to release them. And they are the final two master storylines featuring Roger Delgado as the master. So uh, between now and our release for our discussion about the Christmas special... We will be releasing those two episodes on the feed. You will be getting those. Um, the news might be a little bit dated if we talk about any. I don't remember if we did or not uh, because they were recorded quite a while ago. Um, but uh, just be aware that that's coming down. So be expecting some uh, new content coming from Talking Time Lords. And we will be back with a, a newly recorded episode um, yes. after the Christmas special <laughs> when we get to discuss uh, Twice Upon a Time, uh, featuring the departure of Peter Capaldi and the introduction of Jodie Whittaker. Yes. So. I'm actually hoping that we'll get to see more of Jodie Whittaker in the Christmas special than just that 30 seconds of, oh, I'm a girl, you know? <laughs> 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 I'm I'm hoping that we'll get to a little bit more of that, you know, uh, so that we can kind of get a feel for for what she's going to bring to the table. Because um, after watching her in Broadchurch and seeing her uh, in some clips and things of some plays and stuff that she's done, especially one that she did with Christopher Eccleston, I really feel like that that she could bring something good to the table. I feel like that she could bring uh, kind of a a sincerity to the role that uh, is kind of important for that character, you know, mm-hmm. and I really, I really am excited uh, to see which, you know, what direction we go in with this. And we'll be able to talk more about that once we see her on screen after Christmas. And I'm, I'm really kind of chomping at the bit to see what goes on with that, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so I, I'm curious, you know, I'm skeptical that we'll get much with her at all because the last several regenerations, you know, we get maybe a minute's worth of the new doctor before mm-hmm. the episode ends. So, you know, at <laughs> most, I think he probably had a grand total of like 40 seconds, maybe 35, 40 seconds, yeah. you know, where he talked about not liking <laughs> the color of his kidneys. Um, and then can you fly this thing? And we cut yeah. credits. Um, so, <laughs> But I, you know, we'll see. We'll see what happens. It's a new showrunner, so we might get a new, you know, take on the regeneration thing. So um, it'll be interesting to see. 
And we do know that uh, Stephen Moffat wrote the the stuff for Peter Capaldi uh, for the regeneration sequence. Mm-hmm. And Chris Chibnall wrote the stuff for Jodie Whittaker for the regeneration sequence. So um, it's that. <laughs> but yeah, it should be rather interesting. It should be. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Paul, you got anything else before we we give everybody the contact information again and wrap up this show? I think we're good. Uh, just um, be on the lookout for other podcasts from uh, the new network. Um, I can uh, give you a little bit more information on that as things progress. Um, but as it stands right now, uh, I just wanted everybody to know there is a reason why it took us a little bit longer to come back with a, an episode. And uh, there is a, a, a change going to happen but you know be 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 calm it's going to be okay <laughs> we haven't forgotten what the show is it's just uh we're taking it in a slightly new direction with the new network so so uh be on the lookout for that uh content will still be the same goofy discussions as ever so um just, <laughs> just see the trimmings around it that that might change a bit so <laughs> All right, I think that'll wrap up yes. this episode of Talking Timers. Of course, be sure to get in touch with us. Um, our our website is our, the main hub of contact that you can reach us at. All of our Facebook, social media, Twitter, email links are there. It's, of course, facebook.com slash Talking Time Lords. Uh, the Twitter handle is at Talking Time Lord. You can email us at TalkingTimelords at gmail.com. All of our episodes are on the website, as well as links to our Patreon page and all that fun nonsense. So, um, that, I just remembered I've got to go create an episode image for this episode. Oh, yeah. <laughs> There's that too. So be on the lookout for the, the cool images that we'll be getting as those air at all because Paul's good at that and I'm not. Um, but that'll wrap up this episode of Talking Time. We're just in a bonus episode titled Brand New Desktop for us and the show. Um, so for Paul, I'm. You can call this. You can call this our War Doctor episode. There's no doctor, just the War Doctor. And on that note, for Paul, and remember, until next time, may you hope far-flung hopes and dream impossible dreams. <laughs> Thanks, everybody.
<laughs> I am younger <laughs> than than you, Paul. I am younger than you. Yes, you are. You are. 